Hello everyone, how are we doing today? I don't know about you, but I've been feeling all the feels this month. One minute I'm inspired and feeling great, and then the next I feel unmotivated and even a little bit lonely. But you know what, that's okay. We're here together for this episode, and let me share some exciting news with each of you. Back in December, I started chatting with this amazing company called Paxis. They are a company made up of a team with diverse identities and from various backgrounds, all with the unified vision of a more inclusive world for everybody. They make absolutely amazing quality products, including binders, as well as underwear for packing, tucking, and even gender-neutral products. And listen, from personal experience, feeling good in my body was the most important step in living my truth. So with that, in my respect for their mission, I have partnered with Paxis not only for this episode, but for Speak Queerly entirely. And listen, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, I cannot wait to get more queer stories heard with this world. Hop onto Paxis.com and use the coupon code for you. that's F-O-R-Y-O-U, to get 10% off your entire purchase. I just ordered mine, and you bet y'all be tracking that package. I mean, it's precious cargo. Now, let's get to the episode. On this week's episode, I sit down and talk to Kyle Warnock. Kyle is a 23-year-old who created Queers of Greater Portland. This is an Instagram page that captures photos of people in the LGBTQI plus community who live in the greater Portland area here in Maine. It has been one of my favorite accounts since the start of quarantine and allows people to feel a sense of connection and unity during social isolation. Kyle discusses how this project started, his dreams and hopes for the future, as well as why this is all so important to him. Kyle, it was a pleasure chatting with you. You are the real deal, my friend. Find his Instagram page linked in the show notes, and now let's get to it. You are listening to Paxi's Presents Speak Queerly with Kai Morley. Sure. Uh, my name is Kyle Warnock. Uh, my pronouns are uh, he, him, although I accept they, them too. Uh, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast and yeah. reaching out. Yeah, Kyle, it's a pleasure. So I actually, this is my first time um, having a conversation with you, but I've followed Queers of Greater Portland since about the start of lockdown. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that project and you know, what really inspired you to start that? Sure. Um, Queers of Greater Portland took off in a way I hadn't anticipated. Initially, um, at the start of quarantine last May, when everyone was locked up in their houses and uh, sort of uh, disoriented by by this sudden change in all of our lives, um, my life went from a hundred percent social 12 hours a day every day to nothing um and i had a camera lying in my closet that i hadn't used for about 10 years uh and i was missing that social interaction i'm an extrovert so that's that's um what i'm used to and i decided to pick it up and um sort of experiment uh, with it. I, I posted on uh, Queer Exchange Maine on Facebook, hoping that I'd get maybe like five to seven people involved. And then the responses uh, came rushing in like 40 people, 50 people wanting to get involved. And it just grew after that through word of mouth, through um, the friends of the people who are featured on that page. And it's become a lot uh, more significant 
uh, in my life than I thought it would. It, it's become quite a project that people talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it has. I remember, um, I've, I mean, I know many people who have reached out to you on that page and some are really close friends. And um, I remember actually seeing that post on Queer Exchange Maine because when you posted it, I had seen it and was like, oh, this would be like really cool to do. And I sent it out to, to a few people. And um, it's just, I think it's just, such a lovely thing to do and for me specifically as a trans person like visibility in our community I think is so important especially like you were saying like in terms of isolation you already feel like maybe you know and I like that it's designated to queer people because in and of itself it's a community that I, I don't want to speak for other people but for me it often feels isolating like Definitely. who can I really connect with and so first of all like thank you for doing that work um, and it feels like it could be a full-time job. Do you have, are you working right now or has the pandemic caused other things to slow down? It, it's been uh, uh, ebbing and flowing. I'm uh, for the most part self-employed. I'm an American Sign Language interpreter. So I work in a variety of different um, uh, settings and environments, but um, the pandemic definitely has slowed down that type of work. Mm. Um, and with that extra free time uh, came the project. So I guess that is one good side of of that sort of slowdown. You know? A little silver lining. Wow, yeah. like, so you are the jack of all trades serving our community in all the ways. So, um, wow, Kyle, you're, you're very impressive. And so I spoke about what I think, you know, your Instagram benefits the community. Like when you are doing this, do you get like, direct messages from people have you like had any stand-up messages that are your that you like look back on and like wow like I didn't know it was making this impact or could you share definitely. that if you have definitely um I got one message in particular that really uh struck me from a uh queer person who had not yet moved to Portland and was a little bit nervous too because they didn't know what the queer scene looked like here Portland was a significantly smaller city than what they were used to. Um, and they stumbled upon my page on Instagram through just looking up the different locations in Maine. Like I, I tend to label each post with the location of the person who I photograph, whether it's like the town or, or a specific part of Portland itself. And this person was like, wow, I can't believe there's such a vibrant community here. I feel so relieved because me and my uh, partner are planning to move there. And we're kind of with COVID and quarantine, everything's isolating already. So it's hard to really make a community when you're stuck at home. Yeah. Um, so those type of messages really strike me um, as, um, I guess, in a fulfilling way. Um, but just hearing people connect with each other, that's the most important part to me, is hearing about someone who's like, oh yes, I'm going out for coffee with this person that you photographed and we met through the project, oh or, yeah. or I said I was into yoga and now someone's reaching out to me with a yoga position, or just making those connections for the community happen is um, why I continue to do the project, so. Yeah, and I, oh, it's so awesome. And I love like, I'm a big person who I like comments. So I just love seeing like how much love people receive like through their comments like um yeah on, on some of the or even like what is do you offer like prompts so when these people could you explain the process of it like how do the write-ups happen how do the photos get from you know the action shot to the to the page itself definitely I 
it, it was kind of a process that I hadn't uh, in, built with intention. It came naturally. Uh, as soon as I had scheduled the first couple of people I was going out to meet, uh, I went in with the mindset of I'm meeting these people as a friend and I'm going to take their photos and then you're just gonna know a new person. And that was just sort of the, the process, but overall uh, or over time it's evolved to, um, uh, I will often contact the person uh, in the area I'm looking to shoot in because I tend to shoot people back to back. Uh, I will uh, ask if they're available for a certain time. We will figure out scheduling things. I show up for anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. I just talk to them and I, I don't ask them to pose. I don't ask them to uh, uh, smile for the camera or anything particular. I just talk to them and try and make them laugh and uh, try and make a connection while I'm taking their photos. And at the end of all that, I ask them to write their own caption. Um, and I do this because, first of all, for, for someone who's, who has a lot of anxiety around um, coming up with wise remarks or yeah. like profound sayings. Are you trying to say that you also have anxiety, Kyle? Yes. Oh, yes. great. Okay, me too. So it oh, is a real I thing. Mean... <laughs> it's not just in our head. Yes, definitely. Okay, good. Got concrete evidence now um, <laughs> that this is a real thing. And but social anxiety, especially, and it's funny uh, with the pandemic, with COVID, with us being isolated so long, that social anxiety builds because we don't have as many opportunities to socialize. Okay, thank you for naming that because I have had anxiety, but not always around social situations. But now I find myself like it almost feels like a chore to be social because of my ruminating thoughts leading up to it. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. It's almost uh, as if we've become rusty at like basic connection because, you know, you avoid looking at people down the street because you don't want to be facing them, even if you are wearing a mask. So you just sort of tilt your body away and try and stay as far away from other people as possible not even in like a, a, a way to ease social anxiety, but just in a, a uh, the intention to reduce a health hazard. Right. And that, that's ingrained, that's something we internalize. So, so now it's so hard to just face someone and have a basic conversation because oh we're so God. not used to that. Um, but this is sort of that safe haven where uh, I shoot from a very far distance. I have a portrait lens and unless I stand at least like eight feet yeah. away not going to capture anything anyway yeah. um but I'm still able to have those conversations with people uh like face to face and that's uh that's been something I'm really grateful to have um, yeah and I, I mean I'm sure that um while these people who reach out to you like really want to capture that moment they're probably also looking at it as a whole package of like meeting not only meeting someone new but like having a genuine interaction with someone who's trying to like do good work so I think that is that's really important when I think about like these bio it's almost like bios that I'm reading about people and because of your platform now I'm following some like really rad people who I'm like where have you been you've been two blocks over from my apartment this whole time and you're like you're you probably were in like the drag shows I was in or like the ice like it's incredible work it's so insane. And it's also, you bring up a good point because um, 
these people that are being featured on this page, some of them aren't uh, necessarily the most extroverted, outgoing, uh, front-facing people in our community here. Uh, we're so sort of contained inside of our social circles, our, our sort of subgroups within the queer community that there's a point where you think there's no one else left to meet, especially in a small town like Portland. Mm -hmm. um, and, and farther out too, in, in Westbrook and in Falmouth, it just gets smaller. Uh, and more often than not, when I talk to people about what they've seen on the page, what they've liked, they say they haven't met any of the people featured. Um, and I think part of that is, is so, um, what's the word? Uh, encouraging, motivating, because we, we often feel stuck in our, in our small community. Right. We think there's no one else left to meet, but but to be able to feature people who aren't typically in the spotlight is is fantastic. I yeah, think that, and um, I've lived in Maine. Lives, yeah. It's uh, it's so true, and I've lived in Maine my whole life. Um, and I was looking at this page earlier today, and I I was counting. I think I only know three people on your whole page. I don't even know how many people you photographed, but I'm. You know, I'm that person who will also, while it's not true, I'm always saying things like the community here is so small, right? And it's, and looking at your page, I'm like, oh, it's not that small. I've probably made it extra small. It didn't need to be this small. Um, We're all just hiding in the woodwork. It's, yeah. 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 And um, so I guess my questions to you too are what, like, hey, we talked about what made you like kind of inspired about this work leading up to this moment like how old are you and what were your life experiences like do you identify how do you identify in the queer community um are there any stand-up moments that in doing this work is making you look back at own your like past previous experiences and um, for me for example like in the work that i'm doing i'm trying to really be some like a resource that i wish i had when i was younger like that inner child type of just i wish there was visibility or more resources of queer people and just like normal queer people, not what media is presenting it as. Um, so I'd just be really interested to hear about your real life lived experiences and, and what's kind of left led you in this direction, both with your professional career and this project. Definitely. Um, so I guess to start on, on your questions, I'm 23 uh, and I identify as queer. Uh, I don't necessarily align myself with any particular gender um, or sexuality. Um, and queer has just been the safe umbrella term I use to contain the fluidity that is identity. Yeah. Um, I still use queer as um, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, like, since transitioning, it's like I say man now, and that feels good. But the idea, like, of calling myself a straight man for some reason just feels wrong like I'm abandoning my group of people so I I feel like that queer I feel you hard on that that's like a safe term that I will forever use right and I think we've really reclaimed it and, and empowered that word to yeah. be something that is positive because it has, it has such a history um in our community and, and to see it sort of come to light and, and and change into something that we can think of as like a positive label or identity for ourselves is is wonderful um but i've gone through every label in the book essentially just trying to find what fit yeah um 
I grew up in the Midwest, so uh, what, it was not the most accepting place in the world. Uh, Minnesota and South Dakota uh, were, Where, were kind uh, of Minnesota. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Minneapolis, and then and then Sioux Falls, South Dakota, um, and socially it was challenging. Uh, I, I came out very young. I came out when I was twelve. Oh, wonder. Um, yeah, and and I never felt the need to. Uh, uh, hide myself or, or stay closeted, uh, not because there wasn't any social stigma, but because uh, there was part of me that uh, I guess was more bold and uh, ablazing than I, I, I am right now. <laughs> me as a teenager and an adolescent was, was very much um, my way or the highway sort of yeah. situation was... <laughs> There was a lot of confidence there, overconfidence. So, yeah. um, and, and fortunately, that was the right time that I really needed it because coming out was very difficult, um, right. especially in a school that had never really dealt with or seen a LGBT person before. Um, but then I moved here to Maine when I was 16. Uh, and I, uh, though it was much easier to go through the school system in that way, uh, there were times where uh, I wouldn't feel safe still, you know, sometimes you, you feel like you can't hold the hand of, of your partner in public or um, there are sometimes remarks that some people say. It, it isn't always going to be perfect, you know, um, but the change in the last 10 years that I have seen as someone who, is, who has been out queer person for that amount of time, uh, is like night and day. It's astronomical and, and uh, there's still a long way to go, but uh, I can see progress. Um, but the, the project itself, um, it's become uh, the thing that I would have wanted when I was younger in the way that you can go on to Queers of Greater Portland and you can see actual people with identities like yours, with lives like yours outside of their queer identity. People talk about their experience in the profession that they want to go into or school or uh, little hobbies and interests. It's not all tied to their queer identity. Um, and to see a queer person humanized in that way, uh, would have been so beneficial to me growing up because I didn't have those resources. Um, you have organizations and different nonprofits who do amazing work and offer uh, dozens of different resources, but few and far between show you what queer people can look like. Correct. Yeah, especially when I have, um, I have points of friction when a lot of people who do run said organizations are not queer themselves or and I think they have great intentions and like I, I don't want that to sound you know negative about people who are really strong allies we need more people to show up in that way but it can be really challenging to enter certain spaces even if it's like um you know I was a health teacher so having to go to trainings around um LGBT stuff, right? And the person hosting the meeting worked for a great nonprofit organization that had amazing educational resources, 
but were themselves cis and heterosexual and they knew they had a queer family member so it automatically made them feel like an expert sort of um, in that lens so I think seeing people in their authentic forms like just a photo shoot and that can be anything that they want it to be like looking at your page there's people who are just in very casual attire and then you have some people who are really showing like their inner playful self that is kind of hidden from society like some of the makeup I've seen on your page is incredible stuff (laughs) incredible stuff that it's like if only more people in the the fact that you know it's a public platform anybody heterosexual homosexual anything in between any gender can access it and look at granted I, I also want to talk about if you've gotten any pushback but um is so inspiring that that's all it is it's just people showing up as themselves however they want to be in that moment of only 20 to 30 minutes there's another that's another really good point is is I don't give anyone any prompt and part of the reason is is that people bring out their own things without any uh request when they I come love in. that I was gonna ask because there's like there's I forget exactly what it was but there's like a blue uh, a person who's wearing a lot of like blue face makeup and, and even like body paint and Part of me was like, did they have a conversation before this where they, this person told them that what they were interested in, Kylan was saying like dress this way, but there's no prompting. They just. There's no prompt. I don't even know what these people look like. When that's I true. So it's, it's completely blind. I don't even ask for people's identities um, because I let them express that if they want to, you know, it, and the, the things people bring, whether it's the makeup and the costumes, which completely unaware or um, someone will come out and say hey I've learned how to juggle and I really want to show you that I've juggled and maybe we can get a couple shots or someone coming out with a skateboard and being uh, in saying I've been practicing ollies for the past week and a half let me show you nice Uh, I think I've gotten three or four people with cats on leashes so far that's like a hot commodity cats (laughs) on leashes and the harnesses on that page it's like it, I don't know if it's queers of Greater Portland or if we're like cat walkers. I mean, there's only a few, but it's, I mean, they're probably very similar. And my cat also has a harness, so I can't judge, but it's in, it's incredible. Very um, important. And, and how many, um, it sounds like, so you're, it makes sense that you're like, have to strategize because I think I've seen uh, locations almost as far as Brunswick, if not Brunswick, like you're going out into different towns. So it makes sense for you to have to like, look and map it out because it wouldn't make sense just to hop all over the place. How many like at that peak were you like, how many shots were you taking in a week? At the start of um, COVID in the spring through the summer, it would be uh, around 10 people in a day. uh, In a day? In a day. Um, and commuting, commuting is the most tricky part because you're you're looking at scheduling people back to back, and then figuring out how to best optimize the commute between each location so that you're kind of going in a straight direction. Um, but right now, it, it's it's more packaging people into one uh, region and just trying to get everyone all together because yeah. I am branching further out, um, especially down east now. So I'm, I'm going from York all the way up to Portland again. Nice. Um, or Portland, Greg, Augusta. Oh yeah? Yeah. It's there, a really- 
it's a beautiful place. And um, it's funny because my friends and I, we often talk about the grade that graduated before me, like had so many queer people and like they, um, they were, you know, they were out in school, but like, it's just, we were talking about just how that phrase glow up. Like I saw, it's just so true that you never see somebody like presenting quote unquote worse than or like everybody always looks better once they come out because a you're com you're so much more confident so it's like showing pictures of ourselves when we were in high school versus now it's like you know it just seems like a theme of queer people of just like that real big glow up because you're finally living um but yeah we had some fun looking back at like high school pictures it is a beautiful area um not quite as progressive as as i want it to be yet um but there's potential right and hopefully with work in more visibility it can change there are queer people everywhere yeah. and even though that sounds like an obvious statement i find that the people contacting me um are sometimes so far north that i'd expect no one to live there <laughs> uh, sort of caribou or yeah like caribou or um like Melanoke, places oh, yeah. where you associate uh, a very sort of conservative rural perspective uh, with, but to see queer people still existing in these zones is um, not shocking or surprising, but, but I think just reinforms us that queer people are everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah. It's and been great. A question that I do have that I'm, I'm really hoping it's an easy question and one that is a straightforward answer. Have you had any negative pushback or like comments on your page or about your work? Not necessarily about the project itself. Okay. Uh, I think sometimes because our community is so small, mm -hmm. um, when, when these people are coming up with their captions and what they wanna say and express about themselves, there can be some pushback from people who maybe disagree with that perspective or um, that opinion. And that's that's natural in any sort of social platform. Um, but I always wanna be able to include all respectful perspectives. Yeah. All, is, all perspectives that are respectful and appropriate are, are valid. And um, to leave one out just because there might be a disagreement um, about how that person is expressing themselves, it feels not right to me. So um, that's really been only the, the only pushback that I've faced is, is um, disagreements about certain captions that people have come out with. Um, oh, and the, uh, what I also want to focus on in my project is, is spotlighting more people of color yes. uh, and more trans people. And that is, uh, something that I've always pushed for in my project um, in Maine, which is very, very white. The whitest state uh, in our country. It's very challenging to, to be able to not just push out queer people who happen to be white, because I do want to be able to uh, allow this platform to be free form for everyone. Um, and so that's been one challenge that I've faced personally is making sure that everyone is represented, all queer people across all different intersectional spectrums. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, that can continue to grow yeah. over time. So. 
but I hope so too. And, and just that is in of itself, like just so important that you can recognize that because um, like just dealing with a lot of certain people, like when we feel like we're in a marginalized group, it's it can be really difficult for other people to view themselves as privileged where I will, even as a trans man, I know that I've lived a very privileged life. And I think that for some queer people, and I think that our community in general also has a lot of work to do in terms of discrimination within our community, it can be really hard for people to put, lift other people up before them because their um, past experiences make it feel like they are very unprivileged, which I'm not saying anything against that, but because of the color of my skin and my ability to do this work, I am very privileged. And um, so thank you for naming that and recognizing that. Um, we have about eight minutes left on this call and I just want to end with like, do you, what are your plans and goals with this moving forward? Like if, when things, I don't know when, you know, months to come, when yeah. things slowly start opening, you know, I feel like I've been saying that for seven months now. Um, do you feel like this is going to always be something you have in your back pocket? Do, um, like what are your hopes and, and dreams around that? The hope and dream with this project is to continue past COVID and the pandemic quarantine um, and hopefully turn it into something a little bit larger, a, a place of community that you can always go and see people like yourself, um, potentially a nonprofit or an organization in the future. Um, I want to be able to, again, showcase and, and create a platform where queer people of color and trans uh, people can let their voices be heard and express themselves freely um, and not be pushed to the back in a community that tends to spotlight typically a white cis male perspective. Um, so that would be the goal is to broaden that sort of uh, platform so that everyone can be involved. Um, long slash short-term goal is once all of this is over, I would love to uh, get it like book a venue and invite everyone who's been photographed along. I was secretly Just, hoping this the whole time. Right. <laughs> incredible. It sounds amazing. And I think it's something that our community really needs is that that moment of uh, togetherness for people who, who maybe aren't catered to in a traditional, you know, drinking setting or like LGBTQ event, but to have everyone come together in a venue who all already have something in common um, uh, and, and sort of celebrate the end of this very long isolating time, I think would be uh, amazing, so. Gosh, Cal, I, I love those hopes and dreams and I'm here to support them in however, you, however I can. Um, uh, but this has meant so much for me that you were able to sit down and talk about this because it is honestly i'm not even saying this because you're a guest like that instagram profile is one that has gotten me through some you know some really isolating times and just looking over and reading people's bios and seeing faces that are in my community and that if i needed to i could follow them and learn more about them and it just made it me feel like I'm, I wasn't alone. So just thank you for this project and I, you're reaching so many people that you don't even know you are. Um, so you're amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. It, that makes me so happy to hear that people are getting something out of the project. That's the reason why I continue to do it, so. Yeah. 
And I'm sorry if you get like an influx of DMs about it. I think I've sent, oh, like, I, I just that. forward your stuff. I'm like, I don't know this person who's doing it. I don't like, again, I didn't even know your gender, who you were. But I was like, whoever's doing this is a genius. And I think I've sent it to like even people in New Hampshire. I was like, uh, seriously, like it's, it's phenomenal. Great, great work. So sweet. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. anyone who ever wants to get involved it's it's free for all so yeah and i'm gonna if if it's okay with you i'm gonna um link the your instagram into the bio of this podcast and um keep sharing it with the world is that okay definitely definitely yeah well kyle i hope that you have a great rest of your evening and um i'll send you a message in a little bit with with some further follow-up questions and see if there's another thing we can do in the future Perfect. All right. That sounds awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for having me again. It's been a pleasure. Bye. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye.